Hey, hey listeners, it's your host Wayne. Just want to give a few quick Madonna updates. She is looking fabulous and as great as ever in these new photo shoots that she keeps posting to Instagram. She's also going around LA posting up bills with hashtag wake up America and hashtag gun control now because everybody knows the damn truth. To celebrate the 20th anniversary of what it feels like for a girl, the HD video is now on YouTube, as well as all of the remixes on all streaming platforms, including remixes that were not commercially available before. I'd like to present to you my I Am Breathless episode, so grab your Dick Tracy fedoras, your black underwear, or maybe a purple Prada hoodie, and enjoy! Hello, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Madonna Get Together podcast. I am excited to be speaking with Manuel from Mexico today. Hello, Manuel. How are you? Hi, Wayne. I'm doing great. How are you? Good. How are things going in Mexico? How are things going with the pandemic? Uh, I hear you're under lockdown. Yeah, well, we are still in lockdown. Of course, all this... uh, Big malls, restaurants, all, all those uh, business are already open, but will, uh, of course, all these um, healthy uh, measures, you know, wearing masks, all that stuff. Yes. But, well, uh, we are still here, and that's an important thing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, I'm excited to have you on this episode because uh, I... I've been following you for a while. You have an Instagram page, and why don't you tell the listeners what your Instagram page is and um, the name of it? Okay, well, yeah. um, Of course, it's an Instagram page dedicated to Madonna, and it's uh, Madonna Iconic Legacy. Right now, I'm um, uploading uh, uh, pictures from throughout her career, everything related to her. So, and it's, well, it's like that, at Madonna Iconic Legacy. Hope you follow me. Uh, It will be great. I will appreciate it. (laughs) How do you choose your pictures? So, you know, like right now I noticed it's, it's, uh, what is it, like the the 2002, 2003? Yeah, the American Life. Time frame. Yeah. I start from the beginning, so I think that's uh, how I chose to to do it um and mm-hmm. but also from you know fans media pictures from premieres something like that but i think i'm going to uh, upload only uh, photo shoots i think they are great she has amazing photo shoots from every era yeah. and american life which is uh, the era that i'm covering right now I think it's great. I mean, the, this uh, pictures from uh, I think it's a W magazine, where well, the one that is for for the opening of uh, the Beast Within at the uh, Reinvention Tour. Oh, they are amazing. Yes. they are amazing. Steve Klein. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, actually, that's that's what I do. Well, yeah. it's always fun to visit your page um i sometimes have to go to your page to like everything because because you you do a lot of uploads (laughs) and i can't catch up on my own feed so i'm like oh wait i haven't i gotta see more of these pictures (laughs) and then i um 
and then I go and look at them. I think I I posted a I posted a comment on one of them because yeah. it's a picture I'd never seen before where she's sitting like on a throne with a bunch of like kids around her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and I think I posted the comment is she wearing a snuggie? <laughs> I can I couldn't tell like I've never seen this picture so I don't know what she's wearing. The truth is that I have never been I mean I have never seen that picture before. So when I found it uh, I think oh it's it's great it's cool it's something new for me at least but um, yeah. yeah that's I, I I think it was a good uh, a good picture to share. Well, um, I I love that we are taking on the I'm Breathless album. Oh, it's yeah. actually one of my favorite albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I know that you kind of have a personal story around it um, and the reason why you love it. Why don't you tell the listeners of, of your like story of how um, you were introduced to Madonna? Well, actually, it was the I'm Breath... Well, the Dick Tracy movie, when I really uh, found out that there was someone out there named Madonna. And that's... Uh, when I let's say fall in love with her <laughs> so well actually the truth is that uh, the first time I ever heard about her was uh, w- around the Who's That Girl movie yes and I remember I was uh, watching television and, and you know this entertainment uh, show they were talking about a lady called Madonna and who's that girl movie that it was a flop and blah 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 and I didn't know uh, who Madonna was and, and, and but I remember really feeling sorry for her because you know they were showing this those parts of the of the film where uh, Nikki and Lodon were jumping from uh, roof to roof uh-huh <laughs> yeah and, and, and I remember I, I remember thinking I was a kid but I remember thinking, oh, poor girl, I think she works really hard. That's not fair. But I didn't know who was Madonna at the time. And then one day I got, you know, those free tickets to watch this, to see this movie, The Crazy. The, 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 the movie begins, uh, you know, the bad guy is the little kid, The Crazy, blah, 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 blah. And then the voice of this girl, and he was like, oh, Okay, that sounds interesting. And then, well, she was on the screen. And I was like, oh my God. It was like yeah. something, I don't know. I, 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 I want to describe it, but I don't know how. It was like something really caught my eye, you know? She is extremely eye-catching in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, her, her hair is always perfect. Her face is always perfect. Like... Everything is perfect. She, yeah, I mean, it, it, she, you know, all the other characters were wearing prosthetics and makeup to to make their character who they were. Yeah. Um, but you know, no one thinks about like, well, the same thing had to be done for Madonna. Like, she had to look flawless. She had to look beautiful. Yeah. You, you even watching the film now and you see her face, it's it's perfectly lit. Yeah. It, you know, the lipstick is very perfect on her face. The eyeshadow, like. All the everything. She just looks flawless. Yeah, that's right. That's that's the word flawless. Exactly. 
yeah, yeah, really. And and I remember, you know, this is scene where uh, the crazy is going after her at, at her. She was rehearsing this the more song with uh, Al Pacino's there and Gilling yeah. and yeah. all that stuff. And she's wearing this uh, black. Uh, I don't know. It's I don't remember what it's well. It's like a. It's not a dress. It's like a. Oh, like a nightgown. A nightgown, right? Where he's like backstage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And, and I, I tell you, I, I was a kid, but it was like, oh my god. At that time, I was around nine years old, I think. It's been thirty-one years. Yeah, thirty-one years, right. and I'm still yeah. a big Madonna fan. And everything became. Are you a fan? I I I take it you're a fan of the movie, of course, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. More than the movie, I'm I'm a big fan of hers. I mean, of course, the crease is special because, well, that's where I have this introduction to her world, and that's why the, the movie is special. But well, at the end of everything, it's just Madonna. That's a very good way of putting it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I don't know how many minutes she is on screen, but it's not a lot. She she uses the the most of her time when she's on screen. Yeah. Like when when she is in those scenes, she's the one that you're paying attention yeah, to. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, and I think she has some cut scenes too, because there were there were scenes that they would show during the commercials that they'd show on TV for the movie, yeah. um, but they weren't in the movie. Oh, it's a shame. And Warren Beatty doesn't believe in director's cuts. He doesn't believe in showing unseen footage. So that's why they've never like seen the light of day. The only the only thing that exists is that that trailer or that commercial. Mm-hmm. Where she says to um, Al Pacino, she's like, "Dick Tracy drives you crazy, doesn't he?" Like, and that's the only scene that I have seen that's not in the movie. Oh, that's really a shame. The one thing, the one flaw that I see in this movie, and this is probably because a straight man had everything to do with this movie, is that <laughs> I I don't believe she had enough costume changes, and um. I don't like that they reused scenes. So, um, and we'll, we'll talk about more that when we talk about the album, but more, and for example, the, that's kind of like the closing number. That's the closing number of the movie is more. Um, but they show her performing the, because this is supposed to be this big new year's Eve or or whatever the the celebration is at the end. Right. But they show scenes from her performing more, earlier in the movie during like this photo, like this video montage when they're doing the back in business. Yeah, that's um, right. It's true. Scene. And I'm like, they couldn't have, there's not another outfit they could have put her in to do this. Like, it's almost like they didn't have enough footage. So they had to pull from (laughs) the last performance in the movie, which always just drove me crazy. I'm like, (laughs) You could have put her in another outfit. Don't have her repeat outfits. Yeah, that's right. Well, actually, I have never paid attention to that. To tell the truth, I, I, I never paid attention to that. But yeah, that's true. Yeah, but it's a um, it's a fun movie. I like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all of this this time period of when this movie came out, 
and what was happening in the career of Madonna was more than just the movie coming out. It was um, she was pre- preparing for the Blonde she, Ambition tour. Yeah, that's right. Um, and the first single that we hear before the the rest of the album comes out is Vogue. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a, a good song to start with. I know that closes out the record, but I figured we'll start with that since that started like this huge phenomenon yeah, right. around the world where <laughs> no one had known what this term was other than the cover of a magazine. Yeah, that's right. And well, actually, Vogue wasn't intended to be a, a, a single. A single. Yeah. It's going to be, it was supposed to be the B-side for Keep It Together. Her and Shep were uh, thinking about like, well, let's let's create a song. And uh, didn't they say they like wrote it in a? They wrote the rap in like ten minutes, but the rest of the song kind of like just it was one of those magic moments where the song just came together. And then when the record producers heard it, they were like, "You can't put this as a B side. It has to be its own single." And they're like, "Well, how do we promote it?" Because back then, it's like you didn't promote a single unless it was to promote an album oh, yeah. so it's not like people just put out singles they would they would have an album yeah yeah to sell it on so they decided to tie it into this soundtrack which was perfect because think of all the record sales that they made <laughs> on this album just from that song yeah that's right and yeah well that's true and, and well as you said this the sound of, of, of both doesn't really um belong to the this jazzy style, you know? But somehow, right. well, at least that's what I think. Even though it doesn't belong, in some way it does belong. I don't know if that, may, right. that makes sense. but Yeah, I, I can't imagine the album closing any other way except with Vogue. Oh, that's right, exactly. Even though the movie itself, I think it was supposed to take place in, what, the 30s or the 40s? Yeah, but all of the screen stars she mentioned were primarily from like the fifties. Yeah, um, it definitely does not match musically the style of the rest of the record. But there's a lot of production and sound yeah. of music that sounds kind of disjointed on this record. But they all belong together. I don't. Yeah, they're all like step step siblings of each other. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> for me. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's cool. <laughs> Yeah, and, and Bo, I'm, oh my god, was, uh, I think, I don't know, of course Madonna has a lot of uh, hits throughout her career, but I think that maybe like Prayer and Bo are the cherry on the cake? Yeah, my probably my favorite song from her is Vogue. Like if I had to put put any song up against that song, Vogue is probably going to win out. Yeah. Um, and it would be a toss up between, you know, like a prayer and Vogue because yeah. they're such strong songs. Yeah, that's right. And it's great that this song came out, you know, around the same time. Like, you know, it's 1989 and 1990 yeah. when Like a Prayer and I'm Breathless came out. Yeah. And those, Like a Prayer was, was more of my introduction to Madonna, followed by the I'm Breathless album. So, those are the two records that that probably um, are the freshest in my mind when I think about learning about Madonna. Because, um, but it's also are also during a time where she was at the top of her game too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I, that was the the peak of her career. I either say. 
right. stress everywhere. Whenever, whenever you look at there was a photo Madonna, the song, the video, whatever. I mean, it was. I, I think it was a, a great time to be a, a Madonna fan. Very much so. Um, and I remember the the first time I actually heard the song. Yeah. I'm not even sure I heard it on the radio first. The first time I ever heard Vogue was when um, MTV was doing a uh, like a blonde date rehearsal okay. thing with Madonna. So oh, yeah. it was one of the VJs. I believe it was downtown Julie Brown. She was at the venue where Madonna was doing dress rehearsals for Vogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, she would cut in between to, to show songs, uh, to show videos. Um, but you would see Madonna performing in the background, but you never, you could never get like a clear image or sound of what was going on, but they allowed them to film Vogue. And so they showed it and this was the day before they premiered it on MTV, like the actual video. So um, I remember the first time I, I heard Vogue was watching her do the rehearsal from the Blonde Admission Tour. That's that's cool. And it was amazing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really. I mean, I, I can't remember when was the first time that I, that I heard Vogue. The only thing I know and the only thing that I still remember is that Vogue is one of those songs that you, you just can't put out of your head. Well, yeah. And I think all of us Madonna fans have probably annoyed yeah. our family or <laughs> friends at one point or another. Um, with either talking about Madonna or listening to Madonna nonstop. Um, I do remember the commercial for Vogue, like before they showed the premiere, because MTV used to do that. They used to show basically trailers for the videos and, and say like, we're going to show this, you know, six times today and hear the different times. Be sure to tune in. But it was really cool. I love the way that um, when they showed the commercial for it, when they had the finger snaps, um, the intro to the song, like they would use this, this shutter fade in and shutter fade out, uh, on the commercial. Like that just really stood out to me. It's not used in the video itself, but it's just in the commercial for Vogue. And that just, it got you excited. Like, Oh my God, it's, I haven't heard the song yet. And I'm I'm dying. like, you just get so excited. Yeah, that's right. It's true. It's a shame that they don't do this kind of promotion or nowadays. I mean, everything's different now. Yeah, I know, um, and, and, and I'm not against <laughs> about uh, new things, or but I think that this kind of expectation they they, they creating you it's something that kids nowadays don't don't know don't right. Don't, There's no like anticipation exactly. it's just there exactly exactly it's just like yeah everything is in the moment and it's like this and i don't care if i don't have to uh, wait too too much i don't have to to create this uh, yeah, anticipation that's that's work and i i think that we were very lucky to have to leave those kind of things yeah i uh... I definitely appreciate it, and it's it's great that people have posted this stuff on YouTube and yeah. Instagram, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because 
I do not feel like pulling out all of my VHS cassettes and and trying to find this <laughs> stuff and trying to convert it digitally. Like it's it's too much of a hassle. So I'm glad that people are up, <laughs> uploading it to YouTube for me, so I don't have to. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, because well, actually, for your previous podcast, I heard that you used to rec record all these uh, TV shows, videos, blah 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 blah. I did the same. Yeah. I did the same. And, well, unfortunately, I, I don't have my VHS anymore, but... Yeah, I mean, I still have cases of, of VHS tapes sitting in a closet, but yeah. um, I'm debating on what I should do with those. <laughs> and on my previous podcast with, with Cave, when I did the True Blue episode, he's like, don't get rid of them. Don't do that. Yes, please. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do with these, because... I recorded them on the worst video quality possible and they're not going to look better than what's been uploaded to YouTube. Uh, I'm better off just finding a way to download it from YouTube and, and saving it for my personal collection. But I don't know what I'm going to do with the, the right now. They're just like wasting space and there's nothing I can do with them, yeah. but uh, well, decisions, decisions. Yeah, that's right. But I agree with, okay, <laughs> please don't get rid of that. It's not, <laughs> Okay. Well, I'm going to send them to both you and Cave, and you guys can figure out what to do with them then. Okay. Um, that's great. <laughs> um, let's, let's talk about the, the Vogue single. Yep. So when that came out, um, that was – the image is just very simple. It's just her on a white background arching her back. But, and I didn't notice this probably till like years later, but that's, that's from the Express Yourself video, isn't it? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yes, it's taken from the like the express yourself where she's doing yeah. the second verse and express yourself, and um, yeah, it took me. I don't know why it took me so many years after that. It probably took me about five years after that where I was like, oh, that's actually from the express yourself video. <laughs> um, so I always just thought it was a picture she took, but it looks yeah, like it was uh, it was captured during the video, and then they just like cut around her and photoshopped her on a white background. Yeah, but it's yes, it's, a, it's a simple it's a simple single cover, but still, yeah, it turns out to be I don't know if I dare say iconic, but it's something that you recognize it. Very true. Yes, um, and the Vogue remixes recently just came out on streaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Which is another thing I'm getting excited about. I love that everything's being released on streaming now because previous to this, in order to get like all these remixes, you had to collect yeah. all the CDs yeah. or cassettes or vinyl. Yeah. Um, and I know that's important for people to have in their collection, and, th and that's great. Um, but these days, you know, as technology is progressing, it's, it's kind of um, – it doesn't make sense to have to pull all of those audio recordings off of those that type of media when you know Sorry. when the wave of the future is typically just yeah. you know seeing it on your phone. Even downloading it is fine um, and paying for the download because you know that's still at least um, you're still getting it digitally. But yeah. prior to them doing this, that's the only way you could get it is if you found. A single on eBay, or because um, they've been out of print for so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was excited too when 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 I knew that finally I can listen on well, my case in Spotify, and 
I mean, it's great. It makes you feel something inside. It makes you feel shiny and new, I think. <laughs> shiny and new. Shiny. Yep. <laughs> what I will say about this is, and this is where I'm going to kind of give a nod to other podcasts out there, but the Inside the Groove, um, Edward Russell's episode on Vogue is probably the closest thing you're going to get to a college course. Yeah, it's true. On Vogue. Yeah. You, I mean, he breaks down every single thing and he noticed things that, you know, I've noticed in the past, like um, how we hear the beat from, there's a Janet Jackson, Miss You Much, Shep Pettibone remix, where um, where that beat kind of, that's where we first hear the beat. We hear the nods to Love is the Message. Uh, so it's, it's always just like, but I, w- I would say anyone out there, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, yes, you've had to have heard Inside the Groove. Yeah. And if not, I, I highly recommend it going out and listening to um, Edward Russell go th- break down Vogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. I mean, it's, you, you, it's like listening to the song for the very first time. Yeah. Cover so many layers that you don't even imagine. Right, because we just hear the finished product yeah, exactly, for the most part. Exactly, exactly. And not only that, he he interviews Tony Shimkin, who was there yeah. when she recorded Vogue, and like remembers what she was wearing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was so cool. I mean, it's I mean, right? <laughs> it's Vogue. Oh. It's, it was a it was a phenomenon. Like yeah. no one, it's it was very um, underground of yeah. the. Um, of the balls like you would see in New York. So it was very um, gay and transgender. Like the, those were the people that, that pioneered this art form. Yeah. And, you know, Madonna and lack of better words, you know, culturally appropriated it, uh, which is the term people would use now. But I think without her, the world wouldn't know about it. Yeah. That's like, I mean, it's unfortunate that the world wouldn't know about it, but at the same time, it's like the world knew about it and she brought it to the forefront for people to see like, Hey, this exists. She went out and she got dancers that, that knew this type of dance so that they could teach Jose and Lewis. She got them from the house of the Stratopaganza, got them to train other dancers on the tour to do, to like know how to do this and do it right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I think that's... That's a lot about Vogue. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, I mean, I think that's what Madonna is better at. I mean, she takes all these underground music styles mm-hmm. and make it... How can I say that? Um, she, well, she, she make all of this mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, well, I don't know. I, I think that the Madam X era is what exactly what she did. Oh, I, I mean, I don't know if it's that underground, but she took all these uh, sounds, these Portuguese sounds, and showed them to the whole world. And I think that's, right. well, it's exactly what she did at the time with Vogue. She went inside for her finest inspiration. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're black or white or a boy or a girl, or a boy or a girl. That's right. 
Um, the last thing that I have to say about Vogue is, you know, there's there's multiple versions out there. So there's the single version, which a lot of people don't hear, but that was released when it was released with streaming. Yeah. And apparently, and I learned this from listening to um, the Immaculate podcast, yeah. is that that's the original one that, that Shep and her put together. It's the one where it just starts at the beat, and then she does the whole, what are you looking at? Yeah, um, and I didn't realize that that was the original one. I always assumed the original version of the song is the one that's found on the album. I'm breathless where it has the strings opening um, because that's the only one I had ever heard her perform. That's the one that used for the video. That's the one that's used for the concert. Um, so I think they, they just wanted to, I guess, have, this stylized intro rather than just like the house track, um, which I love. I mean, I love the album version, but I think the one that people probably know the most or the best is the one that's on the Immaculate Collection because that starts out with a, with a um, acapella of her saying, what are you looking at? And then it brings the strings in. Yeah. And then at the end, the end is extended as well. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's true. Well, for me, the first version that I that I listened to was the "I'm Breathless" uh, one. So for me, it was the the, yeah. the original, <laughs> the original version. And then when I I finally got the single and I listened this version, it was like, okay, it's cool, but somehow it sounds a little bit weird to me because I was so used to the uh, listening to the uh, I'm breathless uh, version and of course as you said it's the one that they use for uh, the video so it was like a, a, a bit weird for me to listen to the, the, the other the other version oh MTV did a make my video for Vogue as well oh but they didn't they didn't do it in the same style when they did the true blue make my video this was yeah, yeah, yeah strictly more of an MTV concert. And I forget what the winning prize was. I don't know if it was money or if they won tickets to like one of the concerts. Yeah. Um, but, and I forget the names of the winners, but if you go out and look for it on YouTube, um, maybe I'll have to find it and post it. But okay. see when they, well, when they I had think... this contest going, it was only the single version that was available because the album had come out yet. So the one, the, the version of the song that everyone used was the single version, the one where the beat just kicks in. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm going to look for so it. So all the all the contest submissions used that. That, that I didn't know that this contest, I mean, with the bow, with the song of bow, I didn't know it existed. I knew about the true blue. Yeah. This, but I yeah. didn't know about Because it the, wasn't as big it, like Madonna, Madonna didn't do like promotion for this make my video like she did for True Blue. Um, this okay. was strictly like an MTV contest. It's very interesting because it's very, very, very 1990 from yeah. what I remember. The lighting's <laughs> bad. Uh, <laughs> the person's got women in in lycra jumpsuits. It's it's like. It's great for the nostalgia if anyone wants to see what the 90s was like and yeah. how people made their own videos at home. Like, this is a perfect example. It's nowhere near as good as True Blue. Nowhere near as oh, good. Well, True Blue, it's great. <laughs> well, now that we spent all this time talking about Vogue, yeah. 
Um, why don't we go ahead and start talking about the album? Because yeah. the album I'm Breathless is one of my favorites. Um, and I'm one of those fans that will consider this one of her albums. Like usually this is not included in her re- studio recorded albums because it's a soundtrack. It's considered a soundtrack. But to me, it's like, wait, all these songs are brand new. She wrote almost all of them. Um, so why, why wouldn't we consider this a Madonna album? Like to me, it's, it's Madonna's fifth studio album. Yeah, that's right. It's true. There's 12 tracks in the album and only, um, one, two, three songs are from the movie. That is correct. I mean, there's technically four songs are from the movie, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her version is not in the movie, so yeah. now I'm following you. Yeah, that's written by Andy Pally. Yeah, um, is actually sung by him in the movie, yeah. like on the ra- on the radio playing in the background. But he, um, but that version's never been released either. So that's one of those ones that I think people yeah. have been trying to that's find right. is his version of that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But her, ver- she yeah. recorded a version as well um, for "I'm Breathless." Yeah. But the rest of the songs, I mean, there are brand new songs written by her i mean so that's yeah really should be considered as a studio album not a soundtrack it is i that's how i look at it i mean i understand i think they uh, don't consider it a, a studio album because it was intended to help promoting the the, the film and maybe that's right. what they are considering not to uh, look at it as a, as a studio album, but I found it silly. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a concept <laughs> album, I guess, where all the, the songs are performed by her character, Breathless, which makes sense Breathless. of why they call the, the album I'm Breathless, um, and it's a play on words, too. Uh, I mean, literally, her... S- the songs that are in the movie could have just been thrown on a different soundtrack, but they weren't. And th- that was one of the things, one of the other podcasts, um, all I want to do is talk about Madonna, uh, had made me remember is that there was three different, there were three different soundtracks for this album. There was Madonna's I'm Breathless. There was the score by Danny Elfman. And then there was a whole nother album of songs, just sung randomly by different people that, yeah. I don't think we're even in the movie. So it was really weird because like Ice-T, the rapper, had a song yeah, yeah. called Dick Tracy and it was not used in the movie, but it was a released single. It's just so weird, um, the promotion around this movie. It's almost like they did anything and everything they could to push this movie to get it to get people to go see it. And they didn't have to do that much because it was a great movie. Yeah, that's right. And actually, now that you mentioned this, the Tracy song, there are, well, as far as I know, there are two uh, outtakes, demo tracks uh, from My Breathless and, uh, by Madonna. And one of them is yes. Tracy, and the other one is a song called To Love You. But I, well, I think they never surface on the internet yet. Mm. But who knows, maybe one day. We can have a. We are lucky enough to listen to that. So, I hope so. I've I've never heard that to, before. So you've just given me some information. 
the three songs that are in the movie were written by Steven Sondheim, who Madonna had not worked with, but yeah. he was already starting to work on different musicals. Um, and I, I yep. believe this is around the time he he started his name started to get to be known. Um, but Madonna found it very difficult to sing his songs because they weren't they weren't pop songs. Basically, they were kind of Broadway songs that challenged her to use different registers in her voice um, and to sing songs a little bit different than she was used to. And at the same time, Warren Beatty's telling her to sing badly because that's her char- her character is supposed to be like this this lounge singer who's not really supposed to have a great voice. Um, but that was a little difficult to tell because I never once when I heard her sing thought she sounded bad. No. That's singing bad. I want to sing like her. I want to sing bad like her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, right. I, 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 I sing bad, but it's really bad. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. She's, and I believe uh, um, she smoked. She smoked a lot so that she would have that, smoky voice like um so she'd have that sultry sound or uh, that straining sound um that she has in some of these songs but uh, i i'd hate to advocate smoking but it made her sound great yeah well i don't know but she sounds fantastic but have you ever imagined what after evita how would this all this song sound i mean with this new vocal training that she had for Vita. Mm, that's very interesting. I don't know if I'd want to know that answer. So <laughs> I'm glad this movie came out first. <laughs> <laughs> I think, okay. I mean, I listen, I love that she went through another challenge, another vocal challenge yeah. by doing a Vita. I think after she did that, uh, and I'm probably unpopular opinion, I it sounds like she tries too hard through like the Ray of Light era. Like I love the way that she sounds on the record, um, but yeah. whenever she tried to sing live, it always sounded like she was trying too hard to harness her her vocal coach's techniques versus just singing a pop song. Like I I think she got in her head a lot about how to of how she needs to sing her Ray of Light songs and. She eventually kind of let that go as she went on tour with Drowned World Tour and everything. So I'm glad she, I'm glad she learned something, but I'm also glad she did not like hold on to just trying to sing like a Vita yeah. for her records that followed. But let's let's go ahead and and go track by track, and yeah. we'll just give our our quick thoughts and opinions, and we'll stop at the ones that well. There's only one other one that was released as a single, and then yeah. one with, that was intended for a single. But let's go ahead and just um, go through some of these. Uh, let's start with the first track, He's a Man. What are your thoughts on that song? I, I really like that song. It's something, well, it's the first song of the album. And I think it sort of uh, sets the mood of the whole uh, album. <laughs> I don't know, it's haunting. It's, um, yes. you know, it, it really... Um, sets you in this uh, world of mystery and um, you know all this decrazy world 
I mean, and then right. they, I mean, it's. I like it. I really enjoyed it, that song. It's sexy. It's curious. Yeah. I don't know. It is probably my favorite song on this album, aside from Vogue. Yeah. But as far as like all the other tracks, this is by far my favorite track. And like you said, it sets the tone. It sets the mood of what you're about to hear and the yeah. world that you're about to go into. To me, it reminds me of like a James Bond 007 song. Really? And I'm like, I remember thinking at one point in my life, I'm like, they need to come out with a James Bond movie called He's a Man so that she can do the theme song. And this is before she did the theme song for Die Another Day. But I just remember thinking like, this is the perfect like James Bond song. Because yeah, I think at this time, the last James Bond movie had that had come out when this movie had come out was licensed to thrill. And that theme song was sung by Gladys Knight. So if, if you listen to he's a man and licensed to thrill, they're, they're very much in the same style, Yeah. much like most James Bond themes, except die another day. But, but yeah, I mean, you're right. This, this takes you this actually, when I hear the opening to this song, I see the opening scene to this movie. Yeah. It takes me into that world. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Well, that's at least what, what this song makes me feel. I mean, it's, it's sexy, but it's mysterious. It's, I mean, if you haven't seen the, the, the movie, just by listening to this song, I think it really it makes you imagine a lot of things. I mean, but it is right. in this uh, dark world. The talking into the watch. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. It's calling the crazy. Yeah. And so the second song. Yeah. Is sooner or later, which is in the movie. Yeah. Sooner or later, of course, I think it's you you inevitably think about the movie. And where she is wearing this black dress and looking straight to the camera. And I mean, it really makes you think about movie and of course her scenes and it really how can i put it it's it's a slow song but it also has a lot of strength it's got that very jazz quality it's the song we hear the most in the movie um they they play it multiple times because she is a nightclub singer and this is her this is basically her signature song in the movie Yeah. yeah 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 true and the violins and yes i yes i sent you that video because i wanted you to hear there's a point in the movie where they're doing kind of like a montage of things that are happening and they're playing sooner or later but there's this swell of violins like coming in and out and i have tried to look i looked i have the score it's nowhere in the score Danny Elfman has kind of like this box set that's out there. It's not on there. And so the only place you can hear it is in the movie. But in the movie, you hear sirens and punches and and things like that. So I'm like, I want a version of this song with those strings like it is in the movie. And I I love because I love the way it sounds. It really helps. Um, It kind of strengthens the song for me. It makes it more cinematic. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. I love both versions, but I think the film is, is richer. Yep. 
And in the beginning of the movie, it seems like she's singing live because she sings it slightly different. And someone on YouTube extracted the audio and you can hear her sing it slightly different. But you also hear the character lips like slurping his oysters at the same time. So it's (laughs) it's worth the watch. Yes, (laughs) it's worth the watch just to hear Madonna. But I don't know how if people are really into ASMR, they'll enjoy it, too. Yeah, actually, I uh, let me tell you, I have some, I think there are like demos from uh, the Sooner or Later song. There are, and I tried to look for them on YouTube, but I couldn't find any. Oh, well, I will send you those ah. those demos later. Um, well, I think the, our demos, uh, as, as a fan and maybe as, uh, I don't know, as a collector, maybe, to find all mm-hmm. these uh, demos and all these... Yeah, interesting things are very uh, exciting. Well, yeah, because it gives us a look into the process. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. and I, I think it, you know, up until Ray of Light, where she invited MTV into the studio while she oh, was yeah. recording that album, yeah, yeah, that's right. we had never seen Madonna no. in the recording studio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was just something she did, and then she released this kind of like this magic lamp that was filled with with songs for us to to make our wishes on like it was there was that mystery behind it and i think when we hear demos it lets us into that magic a little bit and and lets us kind of go on the journey with her and well i think we can't uh, talk about sooner or later without mentioning the oscars 100 percent. like and you know everyone will say this all the podcast will agree because they've all said it everyone that you find on message boards, I don't know if there's a single person that does not believe this was her best vocals of her entire career was this one night exactly. where she sang exactly. sooner or later at the Academy Awards yeah. in 1991. Yeah. I was in awe when I saw this. Like my mouth just like dropped Drop. <laughs> because she changed the tempo of the song. Yes. She she changed the feeling like she turned it into like a fifties number, yeah. like a Marilyn Monroe would. And it was just I will never get tired of hearing her sing this song from that performance because I mean it's, it's great. It's amazing. By far her best yes. performance that with the best vocals that she's ever had. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. I didn't know if many people noticed that to realize how nervous she was yeah i mean her her hand was trembling yeah um i remember noticing it that night because of course like i'm i'm probably two inches away from the tv while i'm watching this uh (laughs) at the time and my chorus teacher at the time uh knew i liked madonna and i remember the next day going in like hey did you watch the oscar she goes i did i loved it and she's like I was so scared for her because she was shaking. Her hand was shaking the whole time. I remember that conversation with my music teacher the next day. And, you know, looking back on it now, and she talks about it. She talks about it during, I think it was either dinner with Madonna, with Kurt Loder, or with Regis Philman. She was talking about her hands were shaking. She had never performed live with an orchestra before. They had told her the mic she was expecting to be there wasn't going to be there. So, like, so many things that could go wrong were were going wrong for her but yeah. she delivered the most memorable performance yeah. 
of her career. Yeah, I feel like. No, yeah, it's true. It's true. Amazing. Her dress. Her uh, uh, everything. I mean, it was everything was perfect. Yeah, everything was perfect. And she yes. attended the awards with Michael Jackson. Yeah, which was a weird pairing at the time. Yeah, <laughs> but I think it was because Michael Jackson wanted to uh, work with her with, uh, with, with this song in the closet. I think. Right. This is yeah. This is where she talked about it, and I guess she wrote a song yeah. called "In the Closet," and he heard it and he didn't like it, yeah. so he decided to write a different song, which I actually love. I I love that song. Oh no, yeah, it's great. Really the one that actually came out, but I'm also interested in hearing what is the song that Madonna wrote. Yeah, for "In the Closet," really? I'd love to hear that. Yeah, it would be great. I mean, it's way was. Jackson's so scared. <laughs> well, it's Madonna. But, well, well <laughs> a lot of things have come out over the years where yeah. we knew why he was scared. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so track three was the second single off this album, Hanky Panky. Yeah, that's right. And her bottom hurts just thinking about it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think it's a great song. I mean, it's a, it's a funny song. It's try to. It's cute. It's cute, exactly. That's that's the song. And I think well, it's a shame that there's no video. There's no music video for right. it. Right. So I mean, I found one on YouTube, but it's a, yes, and I watched it. Yeah, and and, and I and I need it to be, oh, <laughs> It looks great. I think it looks great, and it's a shame. It's a shame she never made a video for Hanky Panky. I don't know if she had the time, considering everything that she was doing. Yeah. It's, she was preparing to go on tour. Sure, now, sure. I mean, I think there have been some, I don't know if they were fan-made or, or international markets, because I believe they used some Blonde Ambition footage to make a video. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't, it's not the same. It's like, if, if you're going to put, a live if you're going to show a live performance just show the live performance i don't like it when they take a a studio recorded track and just throw it over a live performance oh, without doing anything else to it because yeah. it's really it just looks really weird yeah. and i think that's the one i've seen in the past but the one that you sent me that someone put together with the movie clips i think they did a really good job yeah, yeah, yeah. on the bhs of uh, the true lord documentary at the end yes there's the, the yep the, Hanky Panky, um, like a prayer. I think. The, I think it's just those two. Just yeah. True. Yeah, and it's the light, the light performance, but not a proper video for the Hanky Panky song. Not a proper video, but I mean, honestly, they could have just released that yeah. as the video. Yeah, yeah. And that would have been great. Yeah. This was released as a single. It's very tongue in cheek. It's very. Yeah. Um, it's it's a fun song. I don't think that. I was a huge fan of it at the time, but it's one of those things that I've learned to appreciate over time, particularly when, because she did perform it during Blonde Ambition, but she also performed it for Reinvention Tour. Reinvention Tour, yeah, it's true. Yeah, and when she performed it there, I was like so shocked because every now and then she she gives us a little, a little nod to a Madonna that that we weren't expecting. Yeah. So during reinvention, she gave us this yeah. track. Thank you, thank you. 
and it was performed really well. like they did it like a whole number. It's not like they took a portion of the song and no. and she just whole, did it really quickly. Yeah. She did the entire song. Yeah, both performances. They went from the Blonde Vision and they went from the Reinvention Tree thing. There, they could be like little sisters. Yeah. In the Blonde Vision, I mean, they really once again took you into this Dick Tracy forties fifties. A moment, you know, so it really works. Yeah, At the time it really works. Yeah, because even like with sooner or later, because she like when she performs for the those out there who are listening who have never seen the Blonde Ambition tour, shame on you. But if you watch this tour, she performs three songs on the Blonde Ambition tour and um from this album. Yeah, and it's sooner or later, Hanky Panky, and then now I'm following you. And sooner or later is her sultry, fabulous. Baker Boys, Michelle Pfeiffer on the piano, fantasy. <laughs> yeah. And then she goes into Hanky Panky after that. And then yeah. she sure. she does a very obvious lip sync to Now I'm Following You. Um, yeah. And then she, and that was the thing too. Like she brought a fake Dick Tracy yeah. on stage, which like she didn't have to promote this movie during her world tour. True. And yeah. bring you know people with yellow trench coats and fedoras on stage. Like she didn't have to do that. She could have just found a way to work these songs into her show. But she, yeah. I think, she really believed in the project and she really believed in this album that she put out uh, for this movie. Yeah. Well, actually, I think Unbreadless is a very good but underrated album. Oh yeah, for sure. She 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 made what she felt she, she had to do at the time to promote both the album and the film, of course. It was only three, there were only three songs, but those three songs really makes the show, the Blonde Vision, a little bit richer than it was. Well, at least that's my point of view, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I can't imagine the Blonde Ambition tour without them. Yeah. And I mean, I guess way, you could have, uh, but I, I, I don't think it would have been, it wouldn't have been the same. No. No, 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 no. I think Blonde Ambition is perfect. And I lied. There's actually four songs on the Blonde Ambition tour from this album, but I didn't count Vogue because Vogue oh, well, stands yeah, out on yeah, his yeah. own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. And by the way, uh, once, I don't know if you have seen this video, but I, don't, I, don't, I can't remember uh, where was that, but she was singing uh, Sooner or Later, Blonde Ambition, and she mm -hmm. forgot the, the lyrics. Um, I was in Spain. In Spain, I think. And yeah. she was like, several later, blah, 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 blah. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> 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 it was so funny. It was so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I always find it funny when she forgets the words. And she always blames someone else. Like, if you've ever oh, yeah, heard Blonde true. Ambition for rehearsals, and she forgets the words, and she's like, turn me up. I can't hear myself. Like, <laughs> no, girl, you just forgot the words. It's fine. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but Hanky Panky, that was released as a single, and there were two remixes for it. And one of them I like because I think it's the, the Bare Bones one where it reminds me of the Bond Ambition performance because it has a saxophone in the intro, and the album version does yeah. not have a saxophone in the intro. No. So I remember making my blonde ambition version of the song where I merge 
um, I did some re-editing and, and merged the album version and that single version together just so I could have that saxophone intro. You know, just I love being silly. I and Oh, yeah, <laughs> I did a whole thing um, back in, gosh, it was the early 2000s where I tried to replicate the versions of Blonde Ambition in like the studio version. So I'd, I'd make my own like mix CD with, um, I re-edited some of the tracks to make them sound more like the, the tour versions. Ooh, that's great. Yeah. Well, well, both remixes, I think they're great, but yes, this one, it's, I think for me, it's the one that stands out. And it's on there. It's on streaming. So anyone that wants to go out and find, the remixes from I'm Breathless, they're all out there. Vogue and Hanky Panky. Let's go ahead and start talking about the next song, I'm Going Bananas. I'm Going Bananas. I love this song. Like, it's it's Nikki Finish. Um, ah, it's okay, yeah. It's Carmen Miranda. It's Carmen Miranda yeah. meets Nikki Finn. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I love this song. It's just a cute song. It's only like two minutes long. And then she performs it on The Girlie Show. I love that song. It's funny. It's funny. It's, it really cheers me up. Yeah. It's it's just silly. It's fun. And what I like about it on The Girlie Show is it's, again, one of those little things that she gave us that we weren't expecting. Like, we weren't exactly. expecting when we went to go see Girlie Show, which was promoting Erotica, the album, okay. and, like, the whole sex book era that we were going to get this fun little number. I never expected to listen I'm Going Bananas after Bye Bye Baby. I mean, there are two different songs, two different rhythms. And then, I mean, this, they really went bananas. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, every, and, Madonna, Donna, yeah. Nikki, everyone, was like, they were, I don't know, they, they went mad they went crazy they went mental <laughs> and, and and i think that uh maybe she chose this this specific song as a transition to the la isla bonita right the, the the latin the latin feeling of the show i think i don't know but yeah i mean i think it was a good song choice to take us yeah. there into la isla bonita which is probably my um, I think I've said this before. It's my favorite performance of La Isla Bonita is oh, the girly show. Great. I mean that choreography. I yeah. tried to learn it. I Did you? I tried to learn it. I never could. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know we've all been guilty of trying to learn Madonna choreography over the years. Yeah. <laughs> so then the next track is a true Nikki Finn track, which I yeah. consider like Madonna is just, it's it's Nikki Finn doing a Broadway number. She well, got away from Loudon. Yeah, because she was... Uh, she lived out her days was, with Murray on Broadway. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not my favorite track. It turns... But I will... I. I I still, I, I will still never skip it. Like I still listen to it, even though I hate hearing the way she sings. I still listen to it. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, 
it's a funny again for me it's just a silly song I think yeah. she was just enjoying I mean she was maybe even making fun of herself or who knows maybe yeah Warren Beauty. yeah but I think it's it's funny I really like the wing or something like that yeah I, I, I feel like a donkey well anyway no donkey shows on this show <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but I, but I love the song. It's it's yeah. It's not my favorite, but I don't hate it. I mean, I don't like the way she's singing it, but I again, I won't skip it. I think it's it's a great addition to the album. I yeah. but I always found it weird that she's the one that's doing the crying in the background, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. supposed to be a man. Like but she's not. She's not. She's not convincing me that she's a man crying in the background. It it clearly sounds like Madonna crying in the background. Um, I'm I'm guessing Warren wasn't available for this track. Maybe, or he's just like, turned out like him. Who knows? Right. <laughs> We've been talking about this song way too long. <laughs> Let's go on to the next one. Something to remember. So, I actually, this is another one of my favorite songs. And the thing about it is, it sounds very current to me yeah. at that time. I feel like this could have been a really good single. Yeah. I always envision, yeah. like, I don't know, if, if you remember that that video for Roxette, It Must Have Been Love, where oh, there's yeah, like yeah. sheets blowing in the wind and the movie is yeah, being yeah. projected on them. I feel like it could have been that kind of video with like Madonna and movie scenes from Dick Tracy are being played in different areas of a room or something. I just felt like this was a really uh, a good track and and very much so because she named yeah. her ballads compilation after this song, so which I, I think yeah, was a very right. smart choice. I love the song. I mean, I think it's one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. I mean, it's, I know, it's sad, but it also gives you some kind of hope. It's like saying goodbye, but also be... I don't know. It's very fitting for her character in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. throughout the whole movie, Breathless Mahoney is trying to get Dick Tracy to yes. fall in love with her. And in a way, this is almost like her her swan song, so to speak. Uh yeah. no spoilers, but this is almost her character's song after the movie is over. Yeah, it could be. On the other hand, I don't know how I mean, if that this information is true or not, but I, somewhere I, I remember reading somewhere that something to remember was written uh, after. Uh, she, I mean, she's talking about her divorce. Oh yeah, I can see that. But uh, well, I'm not sure. I mean, maybe it's just some speculation. Maybe she just get inspired from the film i don't know but still i think it's a great great song and once again she changes the mood after crybaby and, and going bananas 
Right. This is cleansing your palate for the next set of tracks that you're about to hear. Exactly. And, well, if you have the the cassette, I think it was a great song to finish, to end, sorry, the uh, side A. Yes. Yep. Whoever, whether it was her or or whoever decided on the sequencing of this album, I think did a really superb job. Like it was really good. Because like you said, if if all you did was heard that first side of the cassette, um, that this was, this was the perfect way to end that side. So if you didn't even hear side two, then I feel like I would be satisfied with just hearing side one. If I never had, if I didn't get a chance to listen to side two, I feel like yeah. this this it's, it's, this side of the tape had closure to it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but I I can remember if uh, on the something to remember cassette happens the same. I mean, if Ooh, they that's a that's a very oh my gosh I don't know because I didn't have the cassette. I, I was it, in CDs I at remember. the time. All right, I'm going to look. I feel like we need to know the answer to this. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So, no. Live to Tell closed out side A oh, of the cassette of yeah. Something to Remember. And then Something to Remember the song was the second song on side two. Oh, wow. They weren't as okay. smart on the, on the Something to Remember <laughs> cassette. <laughs> and it's, I think it's probably because, you know, a, a lot of the progression had moved to CDs. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to just assume positive intent and assume that it was because CDs were out. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. maybe. But if you think on something to remember album, uh, I think it's, I don't know. The first uh, song it's well, from the second side, it's uh, live, uh, love. Don't live here anymore. Yep. And then yep. it's something to remember. So, well, maybe it they try to give some um, continuity to the story. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Well, who knows? I'll give you that. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but then you know we we get restarted with back in business. Back in business. Yeah. And it's. For me, I thought it was weird because she has the song Back in Business on this album, but there's also a song in the movie called Back in Business. And it's a totally different song. Yeah, it's true. And let me tell you something. When I, well, the first time when I bought the, the, well, at the time, the cassette of Him Breathless, and I read this title, Back in Business, I remember that I, oh, that's the one from the movie. Yeah. And I Back in business, do 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 do, and then when I played the, the the song, it was okay. This is this different. Is <laughs> yeah, this is different. What happened? But uh, back in business is one of my favorites from this uh, album. This is a great. It's a great opener to the second yeah. side, right? Yeah. What I remember. Oh, I think one of the other podcasts said this is. Madonna wrote Back in Business to be used in the movie, but the studio didn't like it. So then they got Stephen Sondheim to write his own version of Back in Business, and that's the one we hear in the movie. 
a lot of people have pointed. I remember I was in show choir when I was in high school, and yeah. this song was sung by one of either I don't even remember. Maybe it was our school or a competing school when we went to like these competition shows. But this was a song yeah. like people sang because it had a very Broadway feel to it. The one yeah. that's in the movie, not Madonna's. I think both versions are great. Right, they're two, they're very different. Um, the one yeah. on Madonna's album sounds more like a current song. Yeah, Madonna scats in it. We've never heard Madonna scat before. <laughs> it was I I can't I I won't say anymore. I I love <laughs> that she did something different with this song. Like yeah. she she tried to scat and everything. Um, and that's all I really have to say about it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I think it has this sexy, again, just like in um, He's a Man. Mm-hmm. She, she, this song has this sexy mystery, but of, also a very, it's a very powerful song. I mean, she's very, uh, like, very quiet voice. No? I'm going to show you. And then, you back. I mean, it's pure yeah. energy. I feel like it, again, is doing... It tells you what's happening in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. almost like from the perspective of the bad guy. Like, And again, without giving away the, the plot to the movie, because I think if anyone hasn't seen it, they should. Um, and I don't want to ruin anything for anyone. But um, <laughs> there's a point in the movie where Al Pacino, big boy Caprice, is being able to get one over on Dick Tracy and therefore they're getting away with all these crimes. And I feel like back in business by like, Hey, you trying to be this nice guy, this is what happens. I'm back in business. Uh, then we come to more, 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 more. Does that sound too greedy? (laughs) That is not greed. No, indeedy. <laughs> um, but I actually I love the song. I it's very big band. It's it's jazzy. It's it's Broadway. It's um, I think if when Madonna's talking about songs, she probably had the most difficult time singing. I would say it was probably this one because this this kind of flies all over the place, but it's very still structured. It's got kind of the the chorus line of girls behind her singing in the movie, there's tap dancing. It's probably one of my favorite kind of like big band Madonna songs that has been sung like in the movie. Once again, it's a, it's a song that really cheers me up. Yeah. From my perspective, I think um, maybe she could, she could have danced more in this sequence. I don't know. Yeah, I'd agree. She was very still. I mean, she just moved her hands or something like that. But I mean, she's a dancer after all. So I think she 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 could have done more dancing. But the song itself, I think it's really it's great. Yeah, I love this jazzy sound. This very forties, fifties style. This vibe, you know. So yep. I think it's great, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, after all, I think she she did a great job vocally. 
Oh yeah, I I think if to me, I think when she performed sooner or later on the Oscars, she sang sooner or later like more. Like in that type of style and it was just very big and grand and if she didn't perform sooner or later, I would think she need to perform this song because yeah. it just has a very grand feel to it. I could see yeah. people performing this in a musical like today. Oh yeah. Maybe Dick Tracy the musical. Maybe that's a new thing <laughs> that will come out and we'll get to hear oh. but it, the music will have to be based on Madonna's Line Breath the soundtrack. It couldn't be based on anything else. <laughs> yeah. No other songs. <laughs> no other songs from the soundtrack. No that none of that that third um album that no one's heard with Katie Lang and um <laughs> Who, whoever else was on that out ice tea no ice tea dick tracy <laughs> only madonna dick tracy <laughs> yeah please but i one of the scenes that stood out to me in the movie is the rehearsal one where she's wearing that white oh. outfit and oh, yeah. i she just yeah. looks uh, i'm trying to think of the word like she just it's to die for like she's clean and yes. crisp and she's it's I guess it's like three o'clock in the morning, but they're all yeah. tired. Um, but the way she's standing there and the attitude that she just has on her face is just like everything yeah. for me. Yeah, and and, and I love uh, how she she sang in that part. It was like more, yep. more, more, more. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm so fucked up. I want to get out of here. <laughs> I wish I could have that rehearsal footage without Al Pacino yelling throughout it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But he really makes the movie too. Like. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well. I mean, but all he so did Pacino. was play Al Pacino. He didn't. <laughs> he just played <laughs> the character he plays in every movie. I did send you. There's a whole like making of Dick Tracy that I believe was on TV at one point in time, but it was never. Um, they didn't put it like on the DVD or the blue Blu-ray when they released it, which I hated. But I remember the rehearsal footage and she's wearing like this black dress and her hair is all tied up and she's, oh, yeah. she's performing yes, more. Yes yes. 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 And I just love the way she looked in that. And I wish I could see more of that. Oh yes. It would be great. I mean, I love always behind the scenes, the rehearsals, everything. I, I love that. Yeah. And it's a shame that the Tracy doesn't include all those, all I know. those footage. I mean, we great. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe one day. <laughs> one day. Yeah, I hope. One day. I hope. If not, just go to YouTube. You can find it. And at least Madonna yeah. scene, anyway. <laughs> yeah. But then that takes us to another ballad called What Can yeah. You Lose? And it's a duet yes. with Mandy Patinkin. Yeah. Who I knew as Indigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Have you ever seen that movie, <laughs> The Princess Bride? The whole movie, no. But I, I have seen the the scene. Since you're, since you're also kind of like a child of the '80s, I think it's it's one of those quintessential like '80s movies that everyone has seen. Yeah. At one point in time, as a child. But yeah, I'd recommend that if you've never seen it to watch that movie. But in Dick Tracy, he plays eighty-eight keys. Yeah. and there's a scene in the movie and honestly like 
if I'm watching this movie, yeah. I would say that this this scene is not necessarily needed, but I'm glad they still included it because we get to hear like these beautiful vocals for both of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think well, this character was in love with Breathless, I think. Mm -hmm. And well, maybe that's why they uh, include this scene because they wanted to show. Maybe I I don't know. Maybe I, I sound too. Yeah, I think I it was know, to help Barney. with the character development to show that kind exactly. of he was exactly. he was into Breathless. Breathless yeah. wasn't yeah, into yeah. him because she was into Dick Tracy. Yeah, Tracy. Uh, yeah. And then there's this whole other storyline where 88 Keys is working with another character called The Blank. And I think this this scene, this musical scene, kind of put this very melancholy parallel yeah. of those relationships all cultivating together. Exactly, exactly. And I think, let me tell you, when, when I um, listened to this song on the album, uh, it was my least favorite. Of course, I was a kid. Originally? Original, yeah. Yeah. Of course, I was a kid at the time, so maybe I didn't uh, understand what the song was about. But as I came of age, I started to pay attention to the song, and it's beautiful. I mean, the lyrics, it's they are really... this. There's a sense of... Uh, maybe despair, mm -hmm. but also yep. a little bit of hope. It's like saying, okay, just do it. Yep. Just do it, okay? What can you lose? Now, I, I really love the, the, the song. I really like the song. It's, it's beautiful. Mandy Patinkin opens up this song his vocals are first and i just remember always tricking my sisters and my friends i'm like this is madonna singing and they believe me and they're like oh my god it sounds nothing like her and i was like it's not her like i have always played this game because i don't know why but they believed me i'm like this is clearly not madonna come on <laughs> But I, I, I agree. I think it is a great track to put in its... Again, whoever did the sequencing for this album yeah. did a really good job. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. They helped you get in the mood and, and take you on this like process and this journey of this Dick Tracy world. I thought it was fitting that they... I kind of say they end the, they end the album with... I mean, of course, we know it ends with Vogue. But they end it with Now I'm Following You. Because part two of Now I'm Following You, you just hear a whole bunch of sound effects from the movie. Um, yeah. A lot of lines from the movie. And I feel like, all right, we, we're we showing you a, a flashback of everything that just happened in the movie. And try to process it all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I loved about it. I loved that they opened it with this classic kind of version of... Now I'm following you, which sounds very 30s, very 40s. Yeah. And then they they did what a lot of people did in the 90s is they try to make something old sound something new, sound yeah. like something new. So they yeah. kind of put all these beats and, and sound effects. It, it was cute. Now I'm following you has always been 
a song that I, I, I really enjoy. Even the, the, the first part is, well, like you said, it's, uh, it has a, an old sound trying to make it new, but still don't lose right. that uh, 40s vibe. And then it hits you with the part two. It turns out to be a, a dance song. They even use parts from different songs that are on the yeah. record. So you hear you hear yeah. things from Hanky Panky, you hear things from Crybaby, exactly. and then it's kind of like all over the place. There's just like so much going on. Um, and yeah. she performs this on Blonde Ambition. She makes it clear that they're going to lip sync the song, her and that fake Dick Tracy um, <laughs> yeah. slam. And they just kind of do this musical number, and then they bring the dance then when they kick it up to do the the 90s sounding dance i it's very crazy there's a lot happening on stage there's then they have a whole multitude of fake dicks on stage <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's just uh it was i don't know it it was silly and and really weird and stupid but also fun yeah. and and made me want to watch like i don't I don't know. I, I used to not like, well, no, I take that back. I used to like it and then not like it, but I've learned to like it again. <laughs> yeah, it was, well, now I'm following you has always been a top one for me from this album. Since the very first time I, I, I listened to the song, it was like, oh, this is so cool. I really like it. It's great. And even now, I, I listen to it, it's like, oh, that's great. That's great. It's like, you know, that's those good old days. Yep. And part one, though, um, I don't know if you've noticed it before. I have always noticed it, but she's singing two parts. So there's her main her main vocal, yeah. but there's all, she's also singing a harmony in the background along with, with Warren. So there's three voices, two of them are hers. So I would always go, I would go back and listen. She's singing the harmony of her own main vocal. Oh, wow. I have, I think I have to pay more attention. Yeah. I have no, I haven't noticed that. And then on Blonde Ambition during part two, I love her percussionist, Louis Conte, because, you know, all they really had to do is just play the track and they could have just fake lip synced their way through it. But Louis Conte yeah, is in the back, playing. like playing yeah. to yeah. like a track that's just playing over an intercom. But he's, yeah. he's like adding all these different like elements. And I, I mean, this guy's amazing. Yeah. It's great. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. I hope I would, I wish she would bring back more percussion. I wish she'd bring back more like natural sounding instruments and, and like, include percussion in her in her live stuff i mean i know that madam did you see madam x oh no unfortunately no oh no, sorry so i'm still waiting for to netflix or dvd or whatever platform girl she i have no idea when we're gonna get that dvd she is every i think i there was at one point where i thought she was done with it because it looked like she was showing it to like friends and family and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the past few weeks, 
she's been posting something where she's going over this person's house every day yeah. and doing edits. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what, what are you? And then she's doing reshoots. And, and I'm like, okay, um, 2022 maybe? 2023? <laughs> oh, well. And then she's going to do this movie, and I'm, and I'm like, uh, well, if she's going to direct it, I'm sure she's going to want to be in the editing room. I'm, I don't think we're going to see this movie for another five years. <laughs> so yeah, it's just taking too long. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's just taking too long. I know. I I sometimes wish for things like that she would just hand it over to someone else. Yeah. That has the expertise to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I I know that you know I find this as I get older too is I want to make sure that I have more control over what I can do. Or at least what what people's perception of me is going to be. I I have a little bit more control over that. Um, so perhaps it's just that where you know she, she's like, hey, I want it. I want it to look the way I want it to look. Yeah, I mean um, that's right. But I mean it's taking an eternity. Come <laughs> on, girl. I was trying to be nice about it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I wish she would just release it. Honestly. Yeah, me too. Uh, but the last thing I wanted to say about Now I'm Following You is that there were remixes commissioned for it. Yeah, it was supposed to be the third single, but yeah. they just... And then it got canceled. Yeah, in a way, it would be... A I mean, but to be to be honest, though, I don't, I don't think the remixes were that good. Like, they don't stand out. And I think it's probably because part two is a remix of part one. Well, yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, yeah. oh, let me let me remix the remix. Well, I think it was the best decision just to consult yes. the third single. I mean, Vogue was the number one single, or the number one hit from that era, from the Unbreathless era. So I think yep. any other song, would have had a very fails in comparison. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I would I would close out talking about this album with I still consider it one of her studio albums. Yeah. It's all new music. There's no covers. She wrote a majority of the album and it has one of her biggest songs yeah. ever on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. And a couple years ago, I don't know if you guys got this in Mexico, but they released the album on vinyl. They re-released it on vinyl, oh, and yellow. it was like on yellow vinyl. No, because I think it was. It was a Barnes and Noble oh, yeah, bookstore yeah, exclusive. Right. Yes, 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 that's right. But I didn't know if they did anything in other markets. Um, no, well, as far as I know, here uh, they didn't give us that that gift here in Mexico. <laughs> and well, the only um, one, uh, the only way you can get this album was uh, from uh, Barnes Noble or yeah I think that was and but we didn't get it here in Mexico oh and um, I don't think I mentioned this but Jerry Hyden I, I think I mentioned it for the Vogue single but she did the album artwork as well um, the art direction for the album oh. uh, as well as both the singles Vogue and Hanky Panky okay. Uh, so I just wanted to call that out there because I love the way Madonna's name looks and the way that the I'm Breathless logo looks oh, yeah. on this album because it looks very, um, it has a very 30s slash 40s look and feel to yes. it. Yes, yes, yes. 
It is rare. I mean, it was, I dare say, flawless. A flawless record for a flawless woman at a flawless period of time when she was at the the pinnacle and the height of her career. True. And the Blonde Ambition tour just helped solidify all of that and put it all together, put that with Like a Prayer and I'm Breathless, and then closing out the year with Immaculate Collection. This was just this this perfect culmination sequence of events from like a prayer to immaculate collection that, that to me packages what was going on during that time period. Yeah. Well, actually I would, I would extend that through truth or dare, like when truth or dare came out. So. Oh, it was the perfect combo. (laughs) Well, Manuel, I've, I've had a great time talking to you. I know people like this album, but I've never heard anyone as excited to talk about this album. So I'm glad that <laughs> it was you. Oh, no. Thank you very much, Wayne. Thank you for having me here in the take part in this, uh, in your project, which uh, I think it's great. I really enjoy each episode. It's great. It's funny. It's, I don't know, it's, it's fantastic. So keep, thank you. Keep, keep the great job. Um, well, I, I, you have a, a fan in me. <laughs> oh, well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. It's it's really great to hear, and it's great that I'm connecting internationally too. Like it's not just people in the states, because that's that's to me what the Madonna get together is all about. It's about getting together and yeah. and being able to just talk about Madonna and and you know it. I'm I'm doing album by album right now, but you know I I'd, I'd love to expand that into into different things. And I'm I'm the guy at the party that will corner you for two hours and just talk about Madonna all night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the same here. I mean, I, I love. <laughs> yeah, no, really, I I don't have many people uh, around me to talk about Madonna. You know, so when I think yeah, someone oh, it's like paradise to me. <laughs> it's it's like oxygen it's it's a breath of fresh air because yeah um we don't we don't have to like dance i don't have to do too many too much explaining because you know you already know yeah exactly there is some sort of connection well thank you again i want to remind people what your instagram page is it's madonna underscore iconic underscore legacy underscore uh, and they can find where um, you devote your love for Madonna by finding the images that are not as easy to find and you get to group them together. And so I appreciate you doing that. Oh, oh it's, it's... And you have a YouTube channel too? Yeah, I have a YouTube channel. Um, well, I talk about uh, album by album, films, concerts, uh, tour books, um everything related to Madonna and well I I don't show my my face it's just some uh, information uh, um, well I hope that you find it interested and well uh, follow me like it <laughs> whatever you like it will make me very happy and I do appreciate it and it's the same the same name it's uh, Madonna iconic legacy Awesome. 
thank you again, Manuel. I, I really, I really did enjoy talking to you. I hope this is not the last time. I'd love to have you back on, and maybe we can talk about something else, yeah, yeah. Madonna related, of course. Yeah, I love. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll say goodbye for now, and uh, we'll talk again another time. So thank you again. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you.